Hello, Miami Nice listeners. Um, This is Katie Walsh. I just wanted to hop on briefly before this episode and offer a little bit of context um, and also to talk about the sort of unexpected hiatus that we took on the podcast. So this episode was recorded in late May, um, right before the Black Lives Matter movement in the United States took on a new urgency after the murder of George Floyd and also after the murder of Breonna Taylor at the hands of police officers. Um, I don't know how any person can witness the brutality of those murders and the violence that the police here in the United States unleashed on peaceful protesters without coming away from that um, profoundly changed. I know that I came away from it profoundly changed. And as the United States is going through this painful reckoning with how we understand the function of police in our everyday lives, um, that my personal beliefs have also radically changed. And I firmly believe that we need to defund the police in the United States. So that has also radically changed my relationship to cinematic representations of the police. Um, And obviously that means our favorite undercover vice cops, Crockett and Tubbs from Miami Vice. So in the heat of all of the uprising and the protests that were happening in early June, um, I attended a protest here in LA um, and was involved in donating and doing whatever I could to sort of understand what was going on um, and changing our relationship to policing here. I just didn't really feel comfortable um, doing a podcast about a film that had um, police officers as protagonists. Um, I was going through a lot in understanding my own um, beliefs and the way that they were changing and and coming to adopt the defund the police movement. Um, and I just didn't feel like it was the right time for me to talk about it, for me to promote that. And I just, I couldn't do the podcast in the same way. And honestly, I think my approach to this podcast will probably um, be changed for the duration. Um, I, I am changing. Our country is changing. And so my Uh, relationship to this film is changing because as a critic, it is so important for me to um, position films within cultural context, um, whether that's what they're trying to say about the world in which those films were created or how we understand those films um, in the world that we exist in today. So as a writer, I have tried to tangle with depictions of law enforcement Um, but things have changed so, uh, dramatically for me and for our whole country since June, um, that I have really needed to take some time. And I know a lot of other, um, critics and writers have started to, um, look at their own relationships to depictions of law enforcement and film and TV as well. Um, and even the industry is starting to question those things too. So there was always necessarily going to be a change in how I related to this film. Um, and I had to just process that. Um, but I do think that this podcast is the type of place where Blake and I can have those conversations and kind of unpack 
the way we we feel about this film and and to talk about the complicated and and challenging feelings that we might have about cinematic depictions of um, law enforcement. And I do think that one of the interesting things about this movie is that it is nuanced. It's not necessarily just copaganda. It is something that is um, dealing with different shades of morality and right and wrong. And um, it is interesting to see um, how Michael Mann uh, evolves in his career and how he approaches depictions of law enforcement. And that's something that we can definitely talk about. Um, So thank you for your patience. And I hope you enjoy this episode, which, as I said before, was recorded a few months ago at the end of May. But it was such an entertaining conversation about the women in Miami Vice. And I wanted folks and fans of the podcast to be able to hear that. So here it is. Enjoy. Thank you, guys. Jazz. Jazz. Welcome to Miami Nice. Welcome to Miami Nice. Oh, this is now the fourth episode, Mojito Time, and because it was serious, as we said in the last episode, just got a little, little something, something, a little, little nice. sidecar, a little sidecar, that, as Katie called it. That's allowed. <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, we just need to supplement the mojito. Yeah. We just, you know, just alternating <laughs> feelings for the day. Um, last time we <laughs> talked about handle handlebar moustaches extensively. Uh, and Sam Elliott, we talked about on our second episode, accents of three characters. But this episode, we're going to talk about something that like both of us genuinely love about this movie and yeah. I think is underrated deeply about this movie, and that is adult relationships. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> I, I will admit that I didn't really appreciate the relationships until I started watching the film more. Mm. And, you know, I think the first time I saw it, it was just like, oh, God, they're in the shower again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but now it's like when you kind of can, you know, when you're just taking in separate elements of the movie um, repeatedly, as we are, um, or, you know, on that rewatch, which is something that people say about Miami Vice all the time, that it's so rewatchable. Like, I just appreciate how adult the romantic relationships are. And, uh, you know, the shower scene with um, Trudy and Tubbs, I think is so interesting because the first time we see nudity or intimacy is like this very sweet moment where they're just sort of washing each other's backs and having a little moment. And it's like very sweet and it's totally looks like the kind of, moment you would have with like a serious partner and it's not you know salacious and no yeah so it i really starts out, it starts out really tent like i was looking <laughs> it's gonna be anyone who's listening to the show is gonna love this it's like i started today watching that scene on a loop now yeah you did <laughs> it wasn't for the reasons that everyone is gonna think straight away but just wanted to see how the scene started and the scene actually starts with like a guy you know, like Jamie Foxx's tubs pouring over his cuticles. Like he's like, he's in the shower, his hands are in the shower. Man sort of gets his hands there. He's sort of like washing himself. He's a million miles away. And then the gorgeous Naomi Harris obviously rolls into the shower and we just get this like very tasteful, but also like one of those sort of sexy moments where you're like, man, these two have 
all of the right shape and all of the right <laughs> muscles. They are just outstanding. It's like, thank you, Michael Mann, for this early giving me a moment where I get to appreciate the, the naked bodies of these two beautiful people. Mm-hmm. But you're so right. Then it just transitions into like, you're going to wash his back. It's not unusual for these two people who have done this. And then he's like, I'm going to bounce. And I love this, the intimacy of this scene because in so many like crime movies and just any action movies, action thrillers, when there's like a relationship that is burning really hot, but you know, it's just going to explode and go into cinders. It just all like everything's so quick, but he's like, I'm going to bounce. And he's like, then he goes down to lay in bed and she's like, bitch, I wash your back. Yeah. You wash mine. You know, this is how this works. And so it's really nice to actually see that inversion a little bit and that little bit of playfulness and fun and how that all like transpires because up until this point there's really no like lead that they're together right i was gonna say like this is the first indication that we have that they're a couple and you're at first sort of like whoa like what why is she walking into the shower but then the warmth and the intimacy between them is like so natural that you're like oh they're obviously longtime partners so um yeah i think he captures that really well and um, the framing I noticed in, in all, all of the sex scenes for the most part is really on faces mm. um, and both of the faces together. So um, in the sex scene with Jamie Foxx and Naomi Harris, like it's mostly on his back and then it's just their faces and then maybe a couple little insert shots, but it's not, it is really about their connection and not about like salaciousness or like, yeah, these guys are getting laid, buddy. It's like, <laughs> how about we have a, a real relationship between equals and he like really cares about her. And I think that his care for her is like his driving factor throughout um, the movie and why he takes this situation so seriously. Cause he, he fears for her. And it's such a nice, it's a nice sex scene because it starts out completely, it, it, it completely changes your expectations of what their relationship are, but what the movie is when it's talking about male and female relationships, because it's like, it starts out with him performing or fake performing really badly. And she's like, Oh, I'm just joking. And then like yeah. they laugh and, and then it becomes a little bit more tender and sweet, but it's just like, not every movie is going to be the bad sex experience and not every movie is going to be the like, the, the Terminator one, Michael Bean and, and, and Linda <laughs> Hamilton sweatbox experience. It's going to be like a, a, a tender relationship that, that, that something happens or like, an, you know, whatever it is, nine and a half weeks. So like people go to the fridge and, you know, eat, eat a three course meal off of one another. Like, that's not what this is. It's just, it's like a really sweet um, it, connection together. And it actually, it's like, it's a connection that kind of makes, it's so funny. Like it has a blushing effect on you sometimes when you watch it. And, and, and it's funny because it goes into the next scene with Colin Farrell as Sonny. He has a bit of a blush when he sees Trudy in the, in the robe. Oh, mm. have I lost you. Oh, oh no. Now we're back. back on. Yeah. Okay. Push you back. Cool. But yeah. yeah, he has this moment where he like, he's sort of blushing and she's like, Hey, Trudy. Like, Hey, yeah. Sonny. Like, Start talking. I'm not just a woman. Oh, and he's like, oh, sort of shaking out of like, oh, yeah. sorry. We can get back to work now. Right. This is not an awkward couple moment. Right, right, right. And yeah, I, I love that. I mean, it, I think the thing about the that sex scene that's that's great is like it it does feel very realistic and authentic, and that like yeah, it's not going to be some like crazy athletic thing. <laughs> it's like 
you know, gonna just be like, haha, we're like joking around with each other. And yeah, and then I love how, she, you know, exactly like what you said, where she's just so sort of like unabashed, like who cares? Like, you know, I'm, I'm in a relationship with him. So like, get over it. We're all working together. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really love the women of Miami Vice and especially Naomi Harris, who is just so great and how she's good. They, you know, aside from the relationship aspect, like both of the main female characters, Trudy and Isabella are sort of introduced as these, like, I think I said on a couple episodes ago, like these like heavies, like Trudy is sort of like hanging back. I mean, we see her in the club in the beginning, but then in the scene with Nicholas, she's like, I'm going to, you know, fucking beat your ass <laughs> up or whatever she said. Like she, I was just rewatching it and she's has, she gets some pretty good licks in on him. Like, um, she's like, fuck that. She's like, yeah. fuck that. The she points out him and says that. So good. And then, and with Isabella, it's like, you know, we only see her in that, that up, my other favorite scene with Jose Yero and, and, and Jamie Foxx doing a tete-a-tete. And she's like in the corner, like, you know, like we just don't even look- see her. She's just like, I'm the bad guy in the corner. So they're like the kind of men that, you know, they're, they're absolutely equal on the same level. And, but the relationships that they have with these guys are like very adult and very intimate and very um, tender. And I love that, when they go to Miami or to Cuba, uh, sorry. Uh, the Cuba stuff is, the Cuba stuff's outstanding. Like I think if you were to watch, if there's like, you know, we've talked about it a couple of times, Michael Mann himself, like at the beginning of the commentary track for what's called like the director's definitive edition or whatever. Um, it, and it, he, he, he sort of, he sort of starts the whole commentary track out with this whole like diatribe about like it's the director's cut was what I shot in the theater. Like that was it. And essentially what he's done is shot a more close to the shooting script version of the movie before he changed his mind for what was actually theatrically released. He's like, I'm going to put a few things back in. If there was one thing that I wish was in the theatrical release, like, cause I think it's superior. It's the coffee house conversation with Trudy and Ricardo after their engagement with like Archangel de Jesus Montoya. Like when they have that van scene, there's this amazing scene mm-hmm. and, um, and I'll, I'll go and get the actor's name. Cause he's just absolutely. Yeah. I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it's Lu- like right Louis, Louis Tozar is the yeah, guy's Tozar, name. He's yeah, yeah. so great. And he does this great scene and he's sitting there with Isabella as his money manager. He's sitting there with the boys and he's like, I don't buy a service. I buy a result. He has that great scene. We're going to talk about it on the show eventually, but I'm just sort of glossing over it for context. Um, and he says like, you know, and I wish my best to your family. And right. the boys in the theatrical cut don't get the extended scene that happens at the director's definitive edition, which is at the end of them driving away in this convoy of like vehicles that has like CIA telephone blocking <laughs> technology. Um, <laughs> They have, when their phone signal comes back up, he calls Trudy and is like, how are you? Is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, like she's in their safe house. She's in their fake safe house where they were talking previously. And she's like, oh, thanks for the $500 worth of yellow roses. Yeah. And that is, you know, Archangel de Jesus Montoya's like signal of like, hey, I, I know who works for me. I know where you're vulnerable. I know what's going to happen. And in the director's definitive edition, the cafe scene is directly after that. It's a scene right. where where Tubbs goes to Trudy and is like, you're in danger. I don't know if we should pull the plug. He knew where you were. Like, I don't know if we should allow that. And it's this great scene. Cause she, Naomi Harris gets like to steer the movie back into the direction 
that we eventually take, which is like, no, we knew he was going to find me. He should find me. Like he should find me. Mm-hmm. Don't think about me because you're in a much more precarious position than me. Like I'm still in the United right. States. You're undercover in another country dealing drugs. If you get caught, this whole th- shit goes down. And it's such a great scene for her agency to be like, no, our relationship's important. But if you think about me and that distracts you from the job that you're doing, then you're completely fucked. And you need to figure, like, you need to yeah. be focused on the task at hand. Otherwise, you're in deep, 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 deep trouble. And so I love, I love that, like, in this director's definitive edition, she has such a big part in, like, no, stay the course. And then basically, Ricardo, for the rest of the movie, is taking that cue, like, stay focused, stay the course push keep driving like and and she kind of gives him that motivation to like no clear your head you need to, you got a job to do it's a really cool scene i i totally agree that um theatrical cut is the best but i do think that that scene with the yellow roses and then the scene in the cafe oh, are so good. crucial for understanding tubs and understanding what's motivating him and like when he is more cautious versus when um Crockett is not and um you know just like how serious it's it is for him um and I think that like that the 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 sex scene and the shower scene that we see like that establishes like the nature of their relationship it's not just you know beautiful people having sex it's like no we need to understand who these people are and and then I think the scene with the flowers but we're allowed um, to appreciate for this show exclusively uh hot damn They are definitely beautiful people having sex. They are. Thank you for the casting. (laughs) Thank you for the casting. Thank Thank you for the the casting. Thank you, Um, Uncle Man. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it never feels icky. Like, I think what you said, you know, you kind of get a little, like, shy. I think that comes from the intimacy. I think that comes from, like, feeling like you're actually witnessing two people, like, love each other and being like, oh, I shouldn't, like, look at this because this is, like, a private moment. Um, but yeah, I love, I, and, and you know, what's interesting about the, I, I think if you listen to the director's commentary, he says that that was like a real move that those, uh, drug dealers would do. Those drug kingpins would do is like send flowers and like do those kinds of intimidation tactics, um, to just fuck people up and, uh, and, and like uh, mentally. I- I would strongly recommend if you haven't, like we're going to tell you to watch this movie 10,000 times, like throughout right. the course of this show. But that scene, those scenes, Michael Mann's ex- explanation of like the interview that he did with a real undercover operative that yeah, had yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially this thing happen that inspired the scene in the movie is some of the most chilling stuff you're ever going to hear. Like to imagine that you're undercover and like this guy was a real asset. He was undercover and not his fake mother, not his fake girlfriend, his real mother received right. flowers from your friends in the South, like basically going, I can penetrate all of your false stuff and I can find out who you are. And if you don't deliver for me, you're, you're in deep trouble. And, and like really great. It's so, it's so cool. It's so, that, that whole thing is so great. Um, yeah, we should make like a syllabus of like <laughs> extraneous yeah. materials. Like, it's yes. like you have to watch the, the commentary you have to watch Roadhouse. <laughs> Roadhouse. You have to watch Roadhouse. Uh-huh. Um, You've got to watch also, Point Break. Point Break. I also, like, I would suggest, have you ever seen, like, the Cocaine Cowboys documentaries? Yes. Yes. Which like, are- those are very 80s, but I also think that they, like, really inform 
just like the world I think that Michael Mann was thinking about. And then, and then especially when the TV show was being developed and that he wanted to be, you know, he wanted it to be a movie at that time, but like shit was fucking crazy. Like, but you're, you're, you're right about the second, when you look at the second cocaine Cowboys, like when you truly see what the global footprint of this business is, I think that that's where you start to take the steps towards what Michael Mann's talking about really in Miami Vice in 2006, because it's like the first one, like it's crazy, but it feels like it's focused. Whereas like yeah. the second one, it's like, oh no, the whole world buys this shit. <laughs> right, like, right. The, the right. whole world is in on this. And I love that. I think it's, I think it's really, uh, but I think a Miami Vice syllabus is, is going to have to come together. <laughs> yeah. We're going to share it amongst each other. And then once it's ready, it'll be on oneheatminute.com in our blog. There'll be a syllabus there. We'll update it with movie yeah. suggestions and soundtrack and suggestions. Should, is this not, Mandy Moore. Please, we'll be on there. Um, Respect to Mandy Moore, where she's at. <laughs> for, for the official record. But then we'll, we should link to like Bilga's pieces oh. and Brendan's pieces. Yeah, yeah, and Brendan. Like Jacob stuff, yeah. Knight. Jacob Knight, another yeah. guy's written a great piece. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we add that whole curriculum there so everyone's got like where we're at. And didn't someone send us, like someone from Argentina was going to like tip us off about like. Wait. <laughs> I'm finding it. What, so what we, we had an amazing doing? piece of correspondence <laughs> that I'm going to go and find right now that like made our week. So we're going to go find it. Listen, I'm going to go quickly find it. We take tips. Oh, we, find we take me on tip Twitter. Offs. We take tips. We're going to get oh all the, all the um, BTS, all the behind the scenes that we can take. We will, we will take, we'll take anonymous tips. Uh, you know, we'll take, anything that we can get but apparently it's, colin farrell was was wiling out in uh buenos aires post uh we've we've got reports um which i'll reports find have come come in. <laughs> reports have come into the show about the fact that it was uh parts of the movie were shot in the dominican republic and then also because they're based in south america different places in south america were taking place you know were, were shooting locations for other you know taking taking stock of that and oh. there was was it Montevideo? Montevideo, that's right. And and the, Buenos Aires became a holiday and potentially party destination. So I'm just going to go and find because we had a report come in that there are some stories of Colin Farrell at the time of Miami Vice partying with none other than Diego Maradona. Speaking of cocaine cowboys, and we even got a picture come in. Ah, here it is. Wait, was that who that was? Yes, so it is at uh, E L M E T A L E S A S I. So El Metalesasi. I don't know if uh, how if I'm pronouncing that completely butchering it. I'm so sorry. They just go by J in their bio, and this is exactly what came through to us, which is Colin Farrell with blonde hair at the time of Miami Vice is kissing Diego Maradona on the mouth in a photo. By the way, this is, this is from Jay uh, uh, from that Twitter handle I just quoted on the 15th of May. By the way, Montevideo doubled for Havana in, my, for Havana in Miami Vice. Farrell spent some, um, some, some nights off in Buenos Aires. His party trail is legendary. I think he met Maradona. He finished and went straight to rehab. Then like three tweets later is a photo, which will be in this episode 
of him kissing Diego Maradona. <laughs> it is unbelievable. And we've already said we need the Colin party report. So that, that great. And that's the party report. <laughs> that, that might be a whole episode, the party report of Colin Farrell <laughs> for this show. But I, I, I outstanding, outstanding. Oh, Absolutely. I love it. Uh Oh, wait, we're totally off what we were talking about, which was what like- What were we talking re- about? Serious relationships. <laughs> Serious relationships and beautiful sex scenes, absolutely stunning sex scenes. But I just quickly, before we don't talk about this, but um, I, I really do love the, scene, the trip to Havana. I love <laughs> the it. The trip to Havana. I'm imagining Rob and Steve. <laughs> Rob Brydon and Steve Dugan. We need, we need, um, we need the trip to Havana. But uh, no, I, <laughs> we need it. I'm, I, Actually, I my dad it. used to go to Cuba um, before it was open. He would like, he would like, yeah. So my dad would, would like sneak, sneak into through. Cuba. Yes, and he he would. Um, he said the food was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, communist communist cuba like they didn't have a lot but yeah he said the food was horrible but yeah so he would sneak in all the time he's been like six times my whole family's been to cuba many times except for me and it's absolute torture that i haven't been but um post iso anyway. post iso goals yeah, i know seriously when i can get on a plane again uh, my ass is going straight to cuba um <laughs> but uh I, I really do enjoy the scene, the sequence of them, their weekend together. Um, mm. And it, it's so vibes. It's so mood. It's so atmosphere. It's just like, I don't really give a shit what they're talking about. I just want to like look at them and like, <laughs> but yeah. I do the sex scene that they have is it, it's, it's shot the same way, but friggin Chris Cornell is wailing <laughs> his ass off. And I'm just like, <laughs> I was watching that today and I'm like, so, you know, it leads up, it's got all this great motivation, you know, um, the dancing, Ma- the dancing. I want to get it right because Michael Mann talked about it. He, he called it medalist syndrome, which is like something that happens, um, and which you guys can Google, like you can figure it out for yourselves, but it's called medalist syndrome. And it's basically undercover people who get to this point where they think that they're like Teflon when they're untouchable. Mm-hmm. And so the whole motivation of the scene is like, I wanted to get to a guy who just negotiated something who'd won, like they'd stolen the drugs. They gave it back to them. They negotiated the second deal. So all these things in his head, like these little dopamine rushes incentivize him to like, all right, I'm going to go after this chick, even though I don't know if she's actually the boss's girl. Like he, at this stage, he doesn't really know what the hell their relationship is. And there's all that motivation, but, but the second they get in that boat, it's just, like you said, it is just mood and, tension and electricity and they are just like you know it's forget the dialogue it's this it's the cinching of a seat belt it's the it's 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 watching this these glorious shots you know there's this hilarious moment in this in the commentary track and michael mann's like 70 miles an hour in a boat is fast and like (laughs) it happens at the same time the boat is like streaming through water you're like yeah 70 miles an hour is fast in a like really fast and so on a car (laughs) in a car it's fast but on the water this thing's like flying through the air and he's like, Oh, that's Colin driving. And you're like, Oh my God, like Colin Farrell's driving that boat, but it's just, you know, from a crazy technical and like tangible bit. But like when you just get back into the mood of the movie and you forget what it is, it's like their connection there. And then, then bodies moving and she looks amazing. She's in this gorgeous mm. dress. 
He's just sipping yes. a mojito, like doing as I'm doing, like taking lime out of his moustache every five <laughs> seconds in this show. And he's, you know, it's a good mojito. Yeah. Do you dance? And then the dancing happens and it's just like, there's just weird things that happen. Like in that scene, usually choices with a director, uh, you know, fabrics tend to be something that you always want to look perfect. You don't want to see them stretch or like go around, but like it's super attractive in this weird way of like seeing Colin Farrell's jacket, like bend and like move with his dance moves. And you see her, like uh, her shoulder strap slip down. It's just these great, like little touches that Michael Mann keeps in. And it's like, uh, it's all about this like tangible experience of those two making this connection. And it's so great. And it's so powerful. And then you get to this needle drop of Chris Cornell. And I like, I nearly cried. I nearly cried. I nearly cried laughing (laughs) because I just thought about you. I'm like, Oh, Katie would hate this needle drop. So much. It's not, it's not like, I I loved it. I loved it. I love Chris Cornell. I I love Chris Cornell. I think he's amazing. Like I, I adore Soundgarden, but like all those, like just watching. (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't even say it. Like just like him, like just like caterwauling over them, like, you know, over their sex scene. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is just like, it's just like two 2006 for me. Yeah, it's 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 a big it's a big 2006 audio slave mood um, because Collateral is <laughs> yeah. like got that great needle drop from audio slave in it. And you're like, oh great! And then this is all like brand new stuff that even comes out before their. Thir- I was like, I think it coincides with their third album or second album or something like that. But like, I just remember like when I, when I watched it originally, I loved it. But now I think you've started to like you've like you've, you've termited you've termited into my brain. So now when I hear it, I'm like, oh. Oh, this is bad. But I poisoned the well. Oh, you poisoned it. But it's it like, it's, you know, forgetting the needle drop. It's a great scene and what man's trying to convey. And I think they do it really well. I don't know if they do it as well, just in like the intimacy, because the intimacy still feels like super passionate and super spontaneous yeah. and super crazy. But it's when he's talking to her about like, this is what my dad did in a bar. Yeah. And together that scene is so electric to me. Like I, like I've actually got it for, for freeze framed on my TV, like right now as we've been talking. And is that the post-coital? The post-coital chat where I they're just like that chat. Scene. That scene is out love. of control. Good. So and good. Obsessed. Because, because they talk and it's so like natural and then they go, like they kind of forget themselves and then they go, we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And then he's like, well, what, you know, we're already out on the edge. Let's stay here. Basically I'm completely paraphrasing, but it's just, it's, it's that, that energy of those two having that connection. There's nothing sexier in the world. Like you want to go and wear linen and have a mojito with someone you care about in a, in a bar in Havana. I think there's like a, a shot towards the end, like where they're just sort of like standing outside the little house or like condo. And you're just like, yeah, Oh God. Like, transport maybe it's just isolation but i'm just like (laughs) take me there to the balcony by the sea with colin farrell's mustache but what's um, in the i can't remember if it's in theatrical i gotta have a look at it again because sometimes the lines blur between both yeah there's a moment where she takes him a cup of coffee it's just before they go to the bar actually she takes him a cup of coffee up the stairs and it's like her grandmother or someone is like her old, old grandmother's there and like when you realize that she's taken him to her like family home that's yeah. where you're like, 
oh, I don't know if this, I don't know if they realize how serious this is. And then the intimacy keeps going after the nighttime. And then they're just, you know, almost scared to like even let go of grasping each other. It just yeah. is such, it's an electric, it's an electric scene and you just, you, yeah. you, you just want to run away with it. It's so great. You know what I think is interesting? If you like put, put the two relationships, if you like juxtapose them, it's like the Trudy, um, Tubbs relationship is, is so real. It's like grounded. He's like, mm. we work together. You live in the same city that I live in. Like, uh, I'm actually scared for your safety and this is going to motivate me to like continue doing a good job. Um, and then the Tubbs Isabella relationship is just pure fantasy. And I think the way that he shoots both of these things and presents them to us and is like, Oh my, like, like you just want to go on that crazy Cuban weekend. And it, it really has that vibe of like stealing away with like a boyfriend or girlfriend and, 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 um, you know, that like, where you're just like, I don't even know what the reality of the world is anymore. I'm not even connected to it. And like, he starts suggesting these like crazy things to her and you're just like the balls on this guy. Um, but you know, it's like, it's but he tries, there's a, like, I, I totally agree. Cause it is, that's what's so fun about it. It is fantasy land. And then there's a couple of moments where he starts to get a grip on what reality is again. And he starts to suggest like what happens after fantasy land. And he's like, you should try and get out. And you're like, yeah, Oh yeah, my yeah. God. Like it's so stressful because you're like, you need to stop talking. You need to stop right, talking to right, her right, right now because you're digging a hole that is, and, and it's fortunate that it's with Isabella. So she's kind of got this haze of like this new relationship haze over her. But it's like, if you let anyone see the cracks in what yeah. you're suggesting to her right now, they are immediately going to smell that you're like smell blood in the water, that you are a cop or something's wrong. Because like, it's exactly. that whole thing that Jose can get from him is that there's something wrong. And, and, right. and, I just, in those scenes, you know, it's that, it's that great thing in like cool rewatchable movies that you've seen a million times. And you're just like telling characters that you love to not do the things that define them over and over again. You're like, Oh, please don't do that. But the thing that does, you love it. I love that whole bit where he starts to like go, Oh shit, I need to actually switch my brain back on here instead of just thinking with my heart. But that, that's not who he is. And that's not who the relationship is. It's like, that's, right. That's and that's where you thing. get the sense that you're like, Oh, he's like, confused about not confused but like he's getting in too deep and he's like blurring the lines between both roles in both directions yeah. he like doesn't he's like starting to lose his grip on this like dual thing that he's doing um but yeah and then then i do just i mean this the when he comes back to miami is just oh. the greatest thing of all like we were making moves on each other. Like he's oh, like, Oh, you had to make a move on the boss mo- girl. We're making uh, moves on each other. That's that's, that is because, because I love Jamie Foxx's tubs is like deadly serious. Yes. Like, he's like, you're making moves on the boss's woman. We're making moves on each other. And he's just like, I'll fucking, I'll fucking kill you. I'll fucking kill you. Are you serious? There's just such like the, the turn of his voice, the tone. It's just the best. We're making moves on each other. And even just when he calls him and he's like, I'm on my way back. Right. No, you're in trouble. Like that's, I'm in trouble with my best mate. Right. You know, like you said, the walk of shame in a go fast boat, 90 miles that's through the ocean. Fast walk of shame. <laughs> the, and you know, the, 
<laughs> to, to your point about like sort of like the perfection of like outfit like the, like oh do we want to see someone's bra strap fall off do we want to see that like I noticed that like when he gets out of the boat his whole shirt is covered in sweat which yeah. obviously makes sense because he's been sitting in the boat and like obviously he's wearing linen and he's gonna sweat but I'm like yeah that like that that just adds like the tiniest layer of like this guy just drove back. Like it, it just makes me feel like there's not a wardrobe person like putting a fresh shirt on him. Like it's like the real thing. He's like sweaty and just jumping out of the boat and going and doing and, his thing. And his hair is windswept because Michael Mann probably made him drive around, like do laps around outside of this house. Like that's in Southern <laughs> yes. Florida in the boat to like, a get a sweat and B look windswept. And so when he comes back in, it's all perfect. Like I've got to have a shower. I've got to like, smarten up we're gonna go see fujima like a a they're gonna go see fujima b they're about to see their boss and so it's like twofold i've got to actually have myself i gotta have my shit together and i can't just you know and now like what's so funny in the context of the story in that moment also is like how much has happened like you think about it like there's these two couple of cops their crew they've now like they're in the in the depths of like an international drug you know smuggling conspiracy and it's so crazy what's happened but like I love that his big thing is you make a moves on my toes, girl. <laughs> like I know. Well, like, I mean, that's other. like gonna, yeah, that's gonna screw their asses very badly uh, if it gets out. But um, this is also the the point of the movie where they just I am like I'm a dumb child, but like they keep <laughs> just talking. They're just like they just keep being like the loads gotta get the loads and they're just like loads 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 and i'm just like loads they said loads (laughs) this is your beavis and butthead moment stop saying loads we're gonna go in another load and you're like oh god just stop talking can we use another (laughs) word guys i've been in iso for way too long if you guys say load one more time i'm out i'm stopping this podcast i'm out of this movie it's done (laughs) like maybe i've just been watching the movie too much and i'm like (laughs) You sure say loads a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like a dumb 12 year old boy. That is my brain capacity. <laughs> That's, you're on the right show. I'm with you. I'm right with you. God, now I can't stop laughing. Oh my God. But you know, that like I, I think, and the next, like the next scene is, um, I actually think, I can't decide what I like more and I don't know if I like this scene the most. I I think I toggle between when Trudy sees um, Sonny and Isabella together for the first time when they Mm -hmm. go to Jose's disco and she's dancing and they're watching him dance and she sees them and she's like, this idiot's in love with her. Mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem. <laughs> like she kind of like, that's what's so great about Naomi Harris. She's like, she doesn't say anything. She doesn't need to say anything, but both girls, Gina and Naomi in that scene, they're like, that's a problem. That's going to be bad news. And that whole thing of like, I don't know. She, she doesn't tell Tubbs, but like, I don't know if she tells him or she doesn't want to distract him. And especially in the director's definitive cut, like it makes sense that she's like, I'm not going to, I don't really want to add this another wrinkle into your it's like concern. he's stressed out enough. I'm just going to kind <laughs> of pace myself. Bed. I'm going to pace <laughs> yeah. myself with the feedback. 
Um, but I, I think I genuinely love that idea that she's just like, this is a bad idea. This is going to be a big problem, but we just kind of, we're so deep that if we, if I try and break it up, it's going to cause a rift between those guys. It's going to cause a disruption to the team. It's going to be something wrong. So like, I kind of have to suck it up, but I love her awareness in that moment. She's like looking over it and she's like, Oh, just like she was in that first scene. She's like, Oh, this is going to be a big problem. This is going to be really bad. This is going to end badly. And yes, it's, it's really, it's really terrific. Is that, is that the scene where Jose sees them? Yeah. It's the same scene. That's like so terrifying where like, he's just like, his like, it keeps getting closer. And then it's just like close-ups of like hands and dancing and like, and it's just like his face and then and backs and hands and twists. And then him just looking with this absolutely laser focus. Like this is like whatever she has done in the past to get clients and do this and play silly. Mm. There's, there's something more serious between these two. Yeah, it's it's big trouble. Um, also, I, I and you know, and he's a disco man, so this is really. <laughs> We've got whole um, episode. There might be five episodes dedicated to that one line. Um, there might be. Also, I realized in our in our episode where we talk about that, I butchered the line like forty thousand times. Where I said, <laughs> "I love disco tech." No, he says, "I'm a disco man." I'm a disco uh, man. So yeah uh that that is well that's that why we've is- got this show katie so, so we can mess up the lines every week and then people get can it, correct right, us eventually <laughs> I mean, get so it after I, our 20 20- i say uh, that in such a terrifying way i'm a disco man i'm a disco man <laughs> i um, there is something like you know um what do directors and casting agents say? They're like, once I've got the cast, making a movie is easy. Like, and you, and, and, you re- and you think about like so many movies that don't deserve to be as good, have great casts. And you're like, this doesn't deserve to be this good, but it's amazing. Like they're just like across the board, every single person. And John Ortiz is a guy who's like, he's batting 25,000 every movie that he's in, like yeah. even small things. And so those little stupid lines that should be throwaways are just loaded like shotguns. Like he gives the line and you're like, it's so delicious the way that he sounds and it's great. But then you're like, this guy will kill every person in this room. He doesn't give a crap. He's ready to kill everyone here. So good. I love that whole scene because it's like just another, that's the whole thing is like, and why I think I love Trudy's hyper awareness of what is happening in that scene is like, this idiot's in love with this girl who's really the boss's girl, but also this other guy is clearly obsessed with her and we're in this guy's place mm-hmm. in another country. None of this is good. Like none of yeah. where this is going is, is where we want to be right now. It's so, but like it all plays into those two key relationships. They work so well. Right. And I, I don't think the movie would work as well as it did if we didn't believe those two relationships. And so I, I think I like the, the groundwork that he lays, that man lays in terms of just being like, yes, you believe these people are in love with each other, but not just in love with each other, like care for each other, like want to make sure this person lives. Like yeah. you need all of that groundwork. And that's why I think like the, the, the flower scene and the cafe scene is like, something that totally could have gone into the um, theatrical cut because I think it is crucial storytelling. Um, you can tell then, that that you can almost tell 
I feel like that's the itch. You know, he talks about like, oh, this is my revised version a few months after a theatrical release. You can tell that almost that scene or those two scenes, sorry, yes. are almost the reason for the revision. Cause totally. once you add those, there's other little bits and pieces you can add, you know, cause right. it, but, but I think with that scene, it's like that actually gives way. Cause I feel like this is like the tubs cut. Yeah, totally. The theatrical version is the Crockett cut. So it's the, the Colin Farrell cut and this, the, the entire revision, which is why I guess you love it so much and why I think that they both absolutely deserve to exist is mm-hmm. it's the tubs cut. It's like the one that yeah. actually gives him those crucial motivations. And you're like, some people were like, man, I wish I had some more tubs. Like he's so great. Yeah. Jamie Fox is outstanding. Like he just crushes every scene he's in, but it's the one where you're like, man, that cafe scene is such a, a hugely Michael Mann scene. It's like, it's yes. got all of his history back to thief. He loves a coffee shop scene right. where people are downloading about the motivations, basically telling you what is important in the whole story. Like he loves a coffee shop scene like that. And that is a signature scene. And then that, that detail of this bad guy is so bad and he knows exactly where you are at any time of the day or night. They're two huge things for a movie whose major villain is on screen. Would he be on screen for four minutes for the whole movie? Uh, Montoya. Oh, yeah. Montoya. No. Yeah. It's not a lot. It's like 10 max. Like yeah. Five, <laughs> yeah, to five to 10 minutes maximum yeah. that he's on scene. So like, yeah, that that's such a, like a, I know where you are always. So even when right. you're not watching, he knows where you are. So cool. Yeah. Do we need to touch at all on the limo scene? I think we do, but maybe it deserves its own its episode. Its own thing. <laughs> maybe I'm, like, the... I'm like, I, I know this is going to come up again. It's not going to go uncovered. Yeah. So just like, maybe we can just like <laughs> glance on it, but like, it's, it's such a, it's a, it's that I, I almost want to do like a whole episode on just that sequence of like when they meet up and they do like that whole Jose, I'm a disco guy, like all that stuff. I want to do that whole, maybe that's a whole episode where we just talk about that sequence of time in the, in the movie, because I just love like, it's like, you know, it's one of those acts of the movie where all the stakes and all these things are converging and everyone's there and all the players are there together at the same time. And everything's getting ratcheted up and the tension's getting ratcheted up, but everyone's still having fun. It's like everyone's still having a really good time and it's all about to go to hell. And so I I kind of maybe want to do that as a whole thing. Okay, let's do that. Let's plan on that because I love that idea because there's so much good shit in that. And and it's so funny because it's just like, what is it? Like 20, 10 minutes, like in the, just in the middle of the movie. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, uh, it, there's so many, there's so much going on, Blake. <laughs> oh, I want to talk about it all. Now, so much also, <laughs> we will accept confessionals of people who saw this movie and who have closed the window for where their driver is in a limo and had ravenous sex in the back. We really like, I'm in, I'm in. If you want to privately DM us, let us know. But if you were influenced by this movie to do that with a partner, please get in touch because I think that that's perfect uh, fodder for, for that yeah. whole 10 minutes. We take party reports. We take <laughs> confessions. Um, you will be kept anonymous. Yeah. Always. So always uh, we keep our sources anonymous on one heat minute productions and, um, <laughs> but we will read all of your floridly delivered confessions. Yes. I mean, if you want to send like 
you know, like a whole, I, I'll read it. I, I might <laughs> laugh, but I'll read it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We'll both read it. I'm not kidding. Bail at oneheatminute.com is where you can email us at any time or find Katie and I in our DMs. Slide right in there. Limo confessionals is the hashtag. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I don't have any limo confessionals. I don't either. I don't either. (laughs) I was trying to think, I was like, Oh, do I have a limo? No, I don't. Well, that's a failure. That's a failure for, but by the time this show ends, and by the time this isolation ends, we both need a limo confessional. <laughs> Maybe in like two years. In like two years. <laughs> when the show's like for two years, we're like, okay, this is our actual limo confessionals. Um, yeah. Man, Jesus. Too funny. This has All been right. a banger. This has been a banger yes. talking to you. We tried to be serious. We really tried for like five minutes. We try and we fail. But it's okay. <laughs> Fine. We will get there. We'll get there. <laughs> this has been another episode of Miami Nice. Thank you so much following us you can find us on twitter i'm at one black minute katie i'm at katie walsh stx and if you hashtag miami nice and tag us in we'll talk to you on twitter but we love all of your reports all of your chatter and we're gonna have some guests soon yes. uh, amazing crew of guests that are lining up to chat with us so we're gonna have some people guests are soon. clamoring people are clamoring we have because we have they love this movie and they are pissed that we haven't asked them yet and we we <laughs> are in the process we will get all those folks who are pissed and some of them who are already buying blazers. You're yes. in. Okay. You will be in. We can't wait to talk to you. This show's yeah. not going anywhere soon. It's not like a short run. We're going to keep this going because we're having too much fun doing it. And we're going to talk to all those guests. We're going to talk soundtracks. We're going to talk coverage. We're going to talk the releases. We're going to talk to the people who loved this movie from the outset. We want to talk to those folks. We're going to talk to needle drops. We're going to do a whole soundtrack episode, which may not even be able to be allowed to be video because YouTube will just kick us kick the episode off. So we're going to, we're going to do all that stuff. We can't wait. And uh, we can't wait to be back with you uh, very soon. Listen, send us like money or something. And I'll just like zoom, watch a movie with you and talk shit about the needle drops. Like I'll do that. Look, look. If you go, if you, if you see every episode, there is a donation link that you can do. I'll make sure I put that on there. And if you, you wanted to, and look, if you really want a live watch, we can do that. We yeah, can do a live yeah, watch. Yeah. We might we set up a live commentary. Yeah. Okay. After this, after this episode drops, which will be a Friday Australian time, which will be like late evening, Thursday, the U S time. Um, when this episode drops, you can check it out. If you're into it, Katie and I, like a week or so later after this episode drops, we'll organize a live commentary session and we'll do it for the theatrical cut and the director's cut if you want, or both, whichever. We'll figure it out, but we'll be into it. Yes. This movie begs for commentary. All right. Oh my God. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, dude. See you soon. See you soon.